I've so enjoyed teaching through the Power of One series, and I hope that we have all gained insight to what God is doing in us to empower us to advance His global mission around the world, which is about the good news of Jesus Christ. Today we're finishing that up, and next week we start our Advent season, so we're excited that uh, that season is coming up as well in the, in the series that will unfold with that. Well, let's take our Bibles together and look to Romans chapter 8 today as we talk about the power of one. The one who is empowered uniquely to be who you are. God has made you uniquely and he empowers you by his spirit in the uniqueness of your design to accomplish the purposes of God that he has already prescribed for each of you. So let's talk about that today. I want to just mention about three points uh, relative to the power of the Holy Spirit that is very much at work in us. And hopefully by the end of our time, we will be challenged and encouraged at the same time. Well, first, we recognize this out of Romans 8, that the Holy Spirit is given to empower and to lead us. So he's doing both. He's leading us and he is empowering us, leading us in the way of God and empowering us to do the way and the will of God. So let's look about uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and following. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness. If I had my journal Bible with me, that would be one that would be underlined right there. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. That there is hope for us in our weaknesses. And it's not like God is, is um, wondering what weaknesses we have. He already knows and he has already given us the power to overcome those weaknesses by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So I would underline that section as well, according to the will of God. And I'd make a connection there that I have weaknesses, God has His will, and the Spirit of God helps me in weaknesses to discover and walk in the will of God. So I, I want to make those connections, what God is doing to bring me in accordance to his will. Verse 28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that's probably where I would end my underlining called according to his purposes for you all are. Romans chapter 8 is one of the most challenging and one of the most encouraging in all the Bible because it helps us to identify ourselves in Jesus Christ. Maybe if you're in one of those places where you just need some encouragement from the infusement of truth, that the Spirit of God is very much alive in you and your identity is founded in Jesus Christ if your faith is in Him, Romans 8 will be your text for today. Just circle back to that throughout the day. Because in this chapter, we discover God's rich glory, which is uniquely shared with us. Not only is God unique and glorified in His uniqueness and His beauty and His power and all wisdom and knowledge, but he shares that with us, and Romans 8 begins to open that up, that treasure up to us. Now, one day, certainly, he is going to give us a glorified body, and that is a day that I'm longing for. In the midst of weaknesses, that's what I circle back to. In the midst of weaknesses, in sin, in repentance, and confession, I circle back, and God, thank you that one day you're going to give me a glorified body where that is not going to be an issue anymore. 
Not only will there not be sin in my body, but there will not even be an inclination of sin because the body will be glorified as Christ is glorified. So as Christ is just and righteous and, and holy, so we will be because he will make us as he is. We are in spirit, declared in spirit right now, but he will make us that day, one day to be just that physically. So that is our hope. But it's more than just a hope for the future. God shares his glory with us today, and he does so by giving us his presence. So this truth is something we look forward to, and it's a truth that we can hold to and cling to for today. So our hope is not just a day in the future. Our hope is a present hope in Jesus Christ by his Spirit. And it's a powerful presence that God has given to us. So the Bible tells us about the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you trail through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you'll find time after time after time that the Spirit of God moves with great power on the world and among people of the world. In fact, it begins in Genesis 1. Before the earth was formed, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and He brought with His power the creation to be. Jesus spoke it, but the Spirit of God empowered it. And then you find the chronicles of history throughout the Old Testament. You find testimony after testimony about the power of the Holy Spirit, including the power of the Spirit to guide the people of Israel through the wilderness as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He empowered Gideon to destroy the idols of his hometown and to tear all of them down in the face of great opposition. He empowered that same man to lead an army of just 300 against 135 thousand Midianites and championed over them. That's by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave strength to Samson to kill a lion, a bear, and thousands of Philistines who were against God and the people of God. It was the Spirit of God who empowered Daniel to have great wisdom and great intellect and great wherewithal to hold true in faith to his God. It was the Spirit of God who fell upon the believers of Jesus Christ early on on the day of Pentecost, making it so that the gospel might be mobilized throughout all the nations and all the various tongues of the earth. The Holy Spirit calls demons to flee, Jesus Christ to raise from the grave, to give great New Testament boldness to believers. He gave the remarkable ability to the apostles to preach and to teach, even though they were poorly educated men. He gave them the ability to heal the disease, to give sight to the blind, to give hearing to the deaf, to make the lame to walk. All of that is a testimony that they are truly sent ones from Jesus Christ. The same Spirit who accomplished all those things and more in the Bible is alive in believers of Christ Jesus today. You don't have a watered-down version of the Holy Spirit. He's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's going to be the same tomorrow. And he is a spirit of power. But now not everybody's experiencing his power. It's available to everyone who's in faith that God has sent his son to redeem us. But not everyone receives the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because the Spirit of God does not empower those who are self-empowered. You thought about that lately. The Spirit of God wants you to press into Him in the midst of your weaknesses. Today's time in talking about the Holy Spirit is a revelation, if you will, about our weaknesses so that we might experience the strength of the Holy Spirit all the more. You know, one of the ways that you can provoke 
your flesh and its weaknesses is to go through a period of fasting. You ever done that? January 8th, we're beginning a season of 40 days of, of renewal here at Meadowbrook. And part of the renewal is body and spirit. We're going to renew our bodies. Uh, most of you are probably going to have some anticipation of, I got to do this thing different. And January 1 is going to be our day to do that. Could I just ask us to just pause for a little bit? And don't do that in your own strength, but to say that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I want my body to be different because it's the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. So on January the 8th, we're going to start moving towards that. What do we need to do in body that would make us more healthy? But it's way more than just body because you are more than just body. You are spirit. And so what do we need to do in spirit to renew the spirit that we might experience the fullness of God as he describes it in the scripture to be, what do we need to do in order to press into the power of the spirit? Here's what I believe. We need to reveal weaknesses. Most people think fasting is going to make you strong in the spirit. You can't make the spirit any stronger than he already is. Fasting proves your weaknesses and will help you to press in to the power of the Holy Spirit. For instance, when I'm fasting, I don't walk around with a proverbial halo over my head. Oh, isn't he holy? In fact, the opposite takes place. Ask my wife, she knows. I get ill as a hornet when I'm fasting. It's because my flesh is provoked. On January 8th, it will be my first day in a long time without an infusion of caffeine. You do not want to be around on January the 8th. That makes sense? And little Debbie and I are like this, but you take little Debbie out of my life, and we got problems. So this 40 days of renewal, it's going to be a provoking of my flesh, and for some of you who will join the journey, it will be a provoking of your flesh, and you'll recognize more easily the weaknesses of your flesh. And what God is going to do in the midst of that is he is going to show us, now that's an area that I want to have power. That's an area that I want to transform. That's an area of your life that I want to temper. That's an area that I want you to find strength in me, not in caffeine. That's an area of your life where I don't want you to shadow over with something that will give you comfort when I wanted you to be uncomfortable to press into my presence and find the true comfort that I can give you. It's a 40-day period of that, and through that period, we're going to have some real disciplines about our spirit. We're going to rise up in the morning. We're going to read God's Word. We're going to meditate on it throughout the day. We're going to pray throughout the day. And we're going to praise throughout the day. And it is going to establish for us a pressing into the power and the things of God, the presence of God, as weaknesses are revealed. Are you with me? Uh. <laughs> I've got about 30 days to convince you, don't I? I tell you what, let's do this. Go 10 days. That's what Daniel did. When he started a partial fast like this, he, he said to the attendant who was providing king's food and king's wine, uh, we don't want that. We only want to eat this, basically vegetables and fruit. We're going to drink only water. And he said to the king's attendant, just test us. Give us 10 days. 
and see us. And if we prove what we're saying is true, then let us continue in it. And at the end of 10 days, they were remarkable in their appearance, better than the others who had had the king's food and wine. And their intellect, given by God, empowered by God, was greater than that of the others who were there. And it proved out to be good. So give us 10 days, starting January the 8th. Go 10 days, and at the end of 10 days, if you judge it out and you say, God, my body and my spirit is strengthened by you, then go to the 21st day. And at the end of 21st, the 21st day, if you continue to see improvement in body and spirit, then go on to the 40 days. And who knows, you might be establishing some new patterns in your life where the power of the spirit is more pressed into than a masking over by the ways of the world. Just an encouragement to maybe think in those directions. The culture of the world denies weakness. In fact, it wants you to deny weakness. It wants you to act like they're not there, to mask over them in various ways. That's the reason why so many people are just addicted to entertainment. It's why fantasy and gaming is so, so popular and why we have to go see the latest movies and why you're on your phone all the time. It's the world's answer to mask over weaknesses. The Spirit of God doesn't do that. In the kingdom of God, He doesn't cover over weaknesses. He points them out. With a glaring gaze, God points them out and He says, that's the weakness of your flesh, that I want you to have victory in Christ Jesus. He points out the weaknesses and He points to the victory of Jesus. He identifies where self-sufficiency is not enough and He identifies where the sufficiency of Christ is more than enough. So whereas the world would say, ah, just go on with your life, be diverted, cover over it, the Holy Spirit is saying something radically different. God wants our weaknesses to be pointed out so that Christ Jesus and his power might be pointed to in the midst of the weakness, where his strength could be evident in us. He desires to purposefully empower us as one empowered by the Holy Spirit, and in doing so, he gets great, great glory. So if ignored, your weaknesses will be your downfall. But if identified, acknowledged, and then pressed into the power of the Holy Spirit, those weaknesses can not only be overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit, they could actually be your greatest opportunity to bring glory to Jesus and ministry to the world. I would encourage you to allow the Spirit to point out weaknesses. And then press into Him with His power. So may we live in the humbleness of heart and experience the reshaping of our lives by the masterful work of the Spirit of Christ Jesus. And may we realize that we are prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, we sing in the old hymn. But then may we press in to take our life, Lord, and surrender that life unto the power of the Holy Spirit. May we recognize that a cry out in our insufficiency is better than to remain silent in our self-sufficiency. And in doing so, the Spirit of God moves powerfully in us. Now, I've recognized this in my life, that I can gauge the sufficiency of God in me or the self-sufficiency in me based on my prayer life. If your prayer life is shallow, then probably the self-sufficient notion of who you are has been elevated. But when your prayer life is rich 
and you're pressing into the things of God in your prayer life, it's because you've recognized the sufficiency of Christ is more. So how's your prayer life? Are you self-reliant or are you reliant on the things of God? How's your prayer life? Are you empowered with self and thereby don't need to pray much? Or is your prayer life at a point where it's consistent throughout the day? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not your words and your prayer that's going to bring power. It's the presence of the Spirit in the midst of your prayer that will bring power. How's your prayer life? I think we ought to rise up with a prayer. Lord, today, I need your power. Today, Lord, I've been given a call to represent you as an ambassador. I need your empowerment. The phone rings, and you don't know who's on the other end of the line. Lord, today, as I answer this phone, do I ever need your power and your words and your presence? Or there's a knock at the door. Lord, I don't know who's on the other side of that, but I pray that I'd be a bold witness for you. As I open the door, let your power be in me. Or as you walk into the home and things are kind of tense for some reason, oh God, let your power of mercy be in me. Whatever the case is, are you praying throughout the day because you realize without it you're incredibly weak but with it you're incredibly strong are you allowing the spirit's power to be evident in you then number two the holy spirit's power is revealed as we obey our call to impact the world with the kingdom of god so when you mobilize in the kingdom work you have a mobilization of power in you God is not going to call you to do something that he is not empowering you to do. So if you, if you want to engage in the power of God, you engage in the way of God, in the will of God, in the purposes of God. All history as we know it has been moving to two points in time. And the first one is right there. From Genesis 3 on in history, everything has been moving to Jesus being glorified on the cross taking on our sin because he's the only righteous one who could do it, and God in his great love and mercy being fully displayed, naked for all the world to see, a glorious moment of redemption for mankind. Every part of history was moving to that point. And since that time, every part of history is moving to one other point that is yet to occur. And that's the second coming of Christ in his glory. And that second coming of Christ, you know what he's going to do? He's going to gather his own in faith who have been redeemed by him and he will dwell with them. God will be with mankind who are in faith in Christ, washed of their sin, and he will banish all those who remain rebellious in their sin, distant from God. Now our job, the commission of Jesus Christ for us, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is to move the world towards that understanding that there is another glorious appearance coming And that glorious appearance is going to be God drawing people to himself and God banishing those who are not drawn to God away from him. Our purpose is to move the world towards that moment in a better prepared way. What we do today, empowered to do, is to make disciples so that on that day, more people are drawn to God than banished from him in their sin and rebellion. What we do today is we powerfully affect the the world by the Spirit of God so that that day is a glorious day for more people. You are empowered to do just that. So God has created you for that movement. God has shaped you in your mother's womb. 
He gave you gifts and talents and abilities and likes and dislikes, things that are natural to you and things that are not natural to you. And he's done that with real purpose because he wants you to have an impact for that day coming. In fact, one of my favorite passages reminds us of that. It's if you come into my home and Kay, uh, her, our home, I should say, and you come into our bedroom seated to the right of our bed on the table is this passage of Scripture. That's how important it is to me. I walk past it every day and oftentimes will reflect on it. It says this, To God, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Now catch this. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when yet there was none of them. So God has a book, and in the book is my name. And every day of my life, my name has already the prescription of that day, what should be and is empowered to be accomplished for the day of glory coming of the Lord's appearance. Every day of them planned out. Now in preparation for these days that I would be living, God began to, with great detail, put me together in my mother's womb. And he began to give me talent and ability, natural ways in which, if used according to his will and his way, I would be able to accomplish those things that are to be written, that are written on those pages. And what's more than that is he empowers it supernaturally for that to happen by manifesting his power by his spirit in me. Now, I say that in first person, but I could put you in the place. Put your name right there, because that passage is for you as well. That passage is for every one of you who believe that God has a purpose, and he's called you to that purpose, that he has woven you together just as you are for the specific days of your life so that you might have impact on this day, a day of glory to come. Now catch this. Not only has he given you natural talent and ability by fashioning you that way, he empowers you to accomplish it according to his glory. And that takes it to an all-new level. Are you thinking that way? The power of one thinks that way, that your life has purpose, and the purpose is meaningful. You say, well, I look back on my life, I don't see much accomplished. Okay, you can't look back, change any of that. But today, you can discover the power of God. Today, you can trust God at His Word. Today, you can take a step in faith to the power of God. May He, may he reveal Himself uniquely to your heart even now. Now, when we do that, when we press into God's design or how he has shaped us to be, then we press into his destination for us. What he has for us, pre-planned, prescribed for us. And in doing so, we accomplish much for the glory of Jesus Christ. 
So every person is designed for a purpose and then given a passion in that purpose and has a personal story to tell and then empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, you are helping people be prepared for the glorious coming of Jesus again. Now, people who discover that make a major impact on the world. You say, well, my job doesn't have a major impact on the world. Oh, you missed it. It's not about your job. It's not about your career. It's what you do in your job and do in your career. It's not about your status. It's not about your education. It's not about your income or lack thereof. It's about where God has placed you for that day. Did you do it in the power of the Holy Spirit? Were you empowered by Him to demonstrate this kingdom life in Christ? Number three. The Holy Spirit's power equips us individually and collectively for every good work. Individually, you're empowered, and collectively, as Meadowbrook, we are empowered as well as the universal church of Jesus Christ is. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. We are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, that's a lot of prepositional phrases that says this. If you individually understand the dynamic of the Spirit of God empowering you, and then collectively you form a body, amazing, amazing accomplishments get done that is globally impacting. I just believe that. You say a church from Gadsden, Alabama? Absolutely. Because it's the church empowered by Jesus Christ. It takes some faithful people who live out faithfully, individually, who choose to do it collectively as one body and mobilize forward the kingdom of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. You get that going on and some great things happen. God empowers you. So the equipping of God falls into a couple of categories. One is this general equipping God has given you good health. He's given you intellect, ability to reason, natural talents and skills and other ways that people find it common. That's a general way of equipping by God. Whether you're saved or unsaved, God just generally equips some talented people that are unsaved. But secondly, there's an equipping of God that is special for His church. And this equipping goes beyond just your natural talents and your abilities and your skills and all those things that just come to you and you do well. This ability comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you combine the power of the Holy Spirit with the power of the Word of God with spiritual gifts, the way the Spirit manifests Himself uniquely through us individually and then connect all that in the church, it takes to a whole new level the power that is available to the people in this room. Would you engage that power and become that church that does amazing things for the glory of Jesus Christ that people would scratch their head and say, only God could do that. And we would testify to say, you're exactly right. Our destiny and the destination for which God purposes for us in creating us is realized when we fully understand the design of God for us individually and collectively as a church and we choose to march in it. So when the purposes of God are directly linked with our purpose, our life pursuit then is empowered by the Holy Spirit, and God does great things. Now let me ask you three questions. I'll try to keep them pretty quick. 
Number one is this. What weaknesses does God want you to recognize and confess today? That's the same area that he wants to empower you as an overcomer. Now, the world wants you to be quiet about this, right? The world wants to mask over weaknesses. The world wants to distract you from them. The world doesn't want you to go there. Why? Because when you go there, that's the place that the power of the Spirit could be very evident. So, Lord, here's a weakness. And in this weakness of my flesh, I yield it to your Spirit. And I submit myself to you. Would you empower me in your spirit, to be an overcomer right there. And so what's going to happen in the fasting time? In a partial fast, there are going to be things that you are going to crave, and there's going to be some things that you've been masking over, that they're going to be taken away from you by your choice, and the weakness is going to be exposed. And in that moment... You're going to say, Lord, I do not want to live the rest of my days in this weakness. I want the power of your Spirit to be evident. And you're going to press through to the power of the Spirit of God. And it's going to be an exercise. This is the way that we ought to be living continuously. What weakness needs to be identified this morning right now? What is He identifying in you? That's the very area that He wants to empower you as a conqueror. Number two. Think about the skill and abilities that God has entrusted to you and consider how you can manage them for his kingdom purposes. So what has God given to you? And if you use them for his purposes, they get empowered to be used in unique ways. So suddenly the kid that's side by side with another kid that both sing well, one determines to do it for the glory of God, the voice and the opportunity and the way of God gets amplified. Or you got two people working side by side on the line at Goodyear. One does it unto the glory of God. One does it for the paycheck and for the weekend. You tell me one doesn't have a greater significant opportunity empowered by the Spirit of God to make a difference in the world? You say, well, all I see, Randy, is when the clock out, they leave, and they both go back to their home. I don't see any difference. Well, God sees a big difference. And God is weaving the difference in his life. And what you and I don't see, God sees. He might be connecting that person with that person with that person who are all living for the intent of the glory of Jesus Christ. And woven together, it is a moment of grand glory for God. Or you have two health professionals side by side give the same kind of care. But one gives credit and glory to God who gave the skill and the ability and the intellect. And that person makes not just a healing touch, that person makes a spiritual touch among the ones healed. It takes it to a whole nother level. And you press into the Spirit's power. Number three, purposefully seek the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and press into His provision of power. I've come to learn in my time as a follower of Jesus Christ that none of this just seems to happen. The activity words that the Spirit uses in the Scripture is very meaningful. He says, walk in this way, Randy. Live in this way. He doesn't say, lie around in this truth. (laughs) He doesn't say, hey, jump in the recliner on this. No, he makes it active all the time. Run this race. Walk in this way. Put on this. 
go here. It's always active. In other words, it's not just I'm going to receive the truth, but I'm going to, by faith, walk in that truth. I'm not just going to lie around in this truth, Lord. I'm going to walk in it, and I'm going to do it intentionally. So that means in the morning, I choose to rise up earlier than I need to, to be engaged in the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. What does that mean? That means I'm going to engage in the power of this Word. I'm going to let it speak into me because, man, do I ever need it to speak into me today. And I'm going to speak back to God through it because I need to do that. And throughout the day, I'm going to be mindful to pray. I'm going to be mindful to praise, and I'm going to be mindful to reflect on the Word of God because that's the way that He empowers me. It doesn't just happen, but I press into the things of God. I put on the things of God. Now, He has given that to us, but we have to be active in moving forward in it as well. God wants us to be active. In fact, you remember, as the priests were moving with the ark towards the water that needed to be parted, remember what God told them to do? Step into the water. Step into the water, then it will part. It takes an activity of faith. So what about you? What weaknesses and what power is God pointing out today? And would you have faith active to move towards it? Let's pray together. In the moment, uh, we find ourselves encouraged by your word, Lord, with great hope of your glory to come and the glory that is present in us by the Spirit. We thank you for that. We pray that you find us pressing towards you even now. As we do, Lord, you have made us mindful of various weaknesses of our flesh. Weaknesses of thought, of understanding, of intention, of purpose, of will and way. And those are the very things, Lord, that we need to confess to you. And we need to think differently about. So we thank you that your word has caused us to do that from the pages of your Bible. We thank you that your spirit, who is very practical as our teacher, is helping us to understand that truth. But Lord, we ask that you find us moving even further into that truth by stepping in faith to be empowered, to be overcomers, to be more than conquerors, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we have ever thought about or dreamt about. Lord, we pray that that would be the power that would be evident in us Instead of self-sufficiency and self-empowerment, we come to an understanding of humility. and We ask, Lord, for your power, your grace. Find us submissive to you, God, I pray. And in doing so, may Jesus be highly glorified by doing a redeeming, transforming work in each of us. We pray it in his name. Amen.